With questions being raised about the manufacturing of the blood thinner heparin in China and whether one day there could even be a shortage of this popular blood thinner, some are wondering whether there is a need for new heparin alternatives. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter with the Chicago Tribune, and with me today is Dr. Ted Love. Dr. Love is the chief executive officer of the San Francisco biotech company, Nuvelo. He was appointed to this position in 2001 after previously holding several senior management positions in medical affairs and product development at the well-known biotech company, Genentech where he oversaw many drugs in development, including the breast cancer treatment Herceptin. Dr. Love earned his bachelor's degree in molecular biology from Haverford College and his medical degree at Yale Medical School. He completed his residency and fellowship training in internal medicine and cardiology at Massachusetts General Hospital and Harvard Medical School. And he joins us today from his company's offices in beautiful San Francisco, California. Dr. Ted Love, welcome to ReachMD. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I'm either fortunate or unfortunate to have written this last year so much about the whole heparin situation because Baxter is based here in the Chicago suburbs. And this has been a huge problem. And one of the things is, is now we only have one version of this generic blood thinner heparin. And some people do wonder, I get emails from people all the time, and they wonder, my goodness, what if something were to happen to the other heparin? We don't know that there will be, but there really aren't a lot of alternatives. And you're going to tell us about what your company is doing and what we could do to possibly remedy this situation down the road. Well, the um, the, the recent heparin contamination issue is obviously an issue that has brought a lot of attention to heparin. But in reality, heparin is a drug that has been around for many, many, many years, many decades, that has a number of limitations well beyond the contamination issue. Our company actually started to work on a replacement for heparin long before the contamination issue because we recognize it's important to have a drug that doesn't create a lot of the problems that are associated with heparin, such as the allergic reactions, the heparin-induced thrombocytopenia, the classic thrombocytopenia that people get after prolonged exposure to heparin, the bleeding that's associated with heparin, the long half-life which uh, necessitates using a reversal agent called protamine. So we've actually been working on a drug that is a synthetic product, so none of the contamination concerns are there. It's a very specific product that directly binds to thrombin in our body and inhibits thrombin and creates an anticoagulant effect. The beauty of the drug also is that it's very rapidly self-inactivated. So when you turn off the infusion, the blood goes back to normal almost immediately without the requirement of a reversal agent. And the interesting thing about this is that because the product is synthetic, you're not using livestock intestines where the risk of contamination is high. And could you talk a little bit about that? I mean, a lot of our listeners are physicians and they do understand some of the science, but when this whole heparin thing emerged with the contamination issues, you know, you had people saying, you got to be kidding me. This is made with pig intestines. And, And then they remember that back in the day, it was derived from cattle intestines, which also had problems. So this is really not a new thing where we're seeing these issues. And if you could talk a little bit about that. Well, it certainly isn't a new issue. The BSE uh, scare, particularly in Europe, led us in biotech to think about trying to make all of our products, in fact, 
without introducing any kind of animal-derived element into the product. Heparin is actually a product where it is essentially made by starting with pig intestine, as you know and have written about. So it's actually antithetical to the principles and the approaches that we've been using in biotech to try to make sure that products are made from fully synthetic materials without the introduction of livestock-based elements, which run the risk of bringing in contaminants. So it's somewhat amazing that heparin has been the dominant agent that it's been. And I think over time, we will find that heparin will be replaced by fully synthetic products. And if I could uh, put you on a spot a little bit, how far away are we from perhaps a synthetic heparin? If you could talk a little bit about that and also what you have seen in in your trial and uh, where we could be headed with that. Well, one of the things about heparin that from a drug development perspective is that it's a drug which actually doesn't cure a problem typically. It's typically given to create what we call a pharmacodynamic state. Essentially, it makes the blood resistant to clotting. So we have a variety of tests that we can measure the effect of our agent and also heparin in terms of how effective it is at preventing blood from clotting. One we use is the so-called activated clotting time, or ACT. So we've actually completed already two phase one trials where we've shown that our molecule, which is a DNA product that binds to thrombin, creates the anticoagulant effect, very potent. It's also very predictable. Unlike heparin, you give a specific amount of our drug, you're able to get a very predictable effect in the anticoagulant measurements based on these tests. So we've actually now begun to design our phase two trials uh, and look forward to getting through those trials fairly quickly. In those trials, we are actually going to focus on getting patients through coronary artery bypass surgery, which is a surgical procedure where uh, a machine essentially replaces the heart and the lungs, and while the blood is in that mechanical device, it would normally clot without an anticoagulant on board. Heparin is the predominant agent that's used today, and we expect in the future that a drug like NU172 would become the dominant agent because it would not introduce the risk uh, and the side effects associated with heparin and protamine uh, in the case of bypass surgery. Well, if you're just joining us, or even if you're new to our channel, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter with the Chicago Tribune, and with me today is Dr. Ted Love. He is the CEO of Nuvello, which is a biotech company in San Francisco, and it's developing a synthetic alternative to heparin. There are a lot of physicians out there who probably ran into issues at their hospitals with heparin shortages and with heparin facing some challenges in manufacturing over in China. And Dr. Love was just telling us about how close we are perhaps to a synthetic. And Dr. Love, I think one of the things about the heparin that is that why it hasn't been synthetic for a long time is the fact that it is cheaply made using livestock. And if you could tell us a little bit about that uh, whole pricing issue, if you will, because a synthetic heparin would be more expensive, but people would probably pay for it if there was a situation that arose, such as the situation we had with uh, Baxter's heparin in China. I, I think that's absolutely right. In fact, in medicine, the cheapest thing to do is to get an excellent outcome for the patient very efficiently. And while the acquisition costs of a drug like heparin are very modest, 
Uh, in fact, when you spend time and resources managing complications and side effects, even deaths uh, rarely, you know, that's a very big price to pay. So I think synthetic products that don't introduce these issues of contamination and side effects will ultimately be not only the best agents for patients, but also the cheapest agents long-term. And we've already seen this. I know that you're an industry executive, but you've also are a former practicing cardiologist. But we have already actually seen this effort with uh, other products where they are trying to free the uh, drugs of animal proteins. And so this would seem to make sense. It, it makes perfect sense. In fact, when I was at Genentech, we spent a lot of time in our manufacturing facilities trying to re- remove even any trace elements of animal-derived products. So heparin is almost the extreme of that, where it's a product that literally is made by starting uh, with purification from pig intestine. And how many companies out there, I don't want you to throw out the names of your competitors unless you want to, but is this a large universe where companies are developing different products, different blood products that could be a, a response to synthetic heparin or anything else, or, or is this something that is lagging, or where, what's the state of the industry? Well, there are at least a couple of companies that I know of that are focused on one aspect or another of replacing heparin. There's actually a very successful product called Angiomax, which is widely used today uh, in the cath lab for uh, percutaneous coronary procedures, which is replaced heparin in many, many settings. It is more expensive, and so some people still want to try to get by with the cheaper acquisition costs. But as I said earlier, managing the side effects of heparin can be quite expensive. So paying a higher price initially for a superior product ultimately is the cheapest uh, investment for society and certainly for the patient. We focused on developing a novel product, which is a DNA-based product, that specifically binds to thrombin and creates a very predictable anticoagulant effect. In addition, this molecule is rapidly self-reverse, and that means that there's no requirement to reverse it. Heparin is a fairly long-lived molecule, so at the end of a procedure where there's a bleeding risk that you need to correct, we introduce protamine, which is another, by the way, animal-derived product, which has significant side effects. So we actually are focused on replacing not one, but two animal-derived products uh, and the associated side effects of those problems. And how close do you think we are? I mean, I don't think uh, anybody's really looking forward to a heparin shortage in this country. So you've given us a little good news in knowing that there is a actually a synthetic heparin out there. How, how close would we be to you know, something that could replace the existing product? Well, one of the wonderful things about small companies is that we've moved fairly quickly. We just started a phase one program uh, this year. We actually completed already two phase one trials, and we saw essentially beautiful results with our DNA-based product. It has very predictable, very potent anticoagulant effects that we measure by a series of tests that literally are measuring how long it takes the blood to clot when the product is introduced. We've now completed, uh, as I said, two phase one trials, and later this year or early next year, we expect to start additional trials, phase two trials, where we'll literally be taking patients through coronary artery bypass surgery, which is a procedure where it's critical that the blood be anticoagulated. And at the end of the procedure, it's critical that you are able to reverse that. In the case of heparin, you give protamine. In the case of our drug, you simply turn it off. 
Well, with that, I'd like to thank Dr. Ted Love, who has been our guest. He is the president and CEO of Nuvello. He has joined us from their offices in San Francisco, and we've been talking about a very exciting product they're developing, just one of many products that they're developing, a synthetic alternative to heparin. If you, if you wanted to know why that is so important, all you had to do was visit your hospital and find out that there were issues this year with one of the major suppliers of the blood thinner heparin having some manufacturing issues in China, and that product is still not on the market today. My name is Bruce Japson. I've been your host. We'd like to once again thank Dr. Ted Love, who has been our guest today on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. If you have comments or suggestions about today's show, please call us at 888-MD-XM-157. And I'd like to thank you today for listening. Hello, my name is Dr. William Franklin Peacock. You are listening to the first radio station created for medical professionals, ReachMD XM 157.